Hello, everybody. Welcome back. You are listening to See Through Panel, a comic book discussion podcast. My name is Cole Harvey. I am here with Fahed Rahman. Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about two different books, one book for each of us. I think I'll get going first. Uh, my book is Aqualantic by Giorgio Carpenteri. Uh, it's an Italian name, so I hope I'm not messing it up. It is published by Fantagraphics Books. I only did a tiny bit of research here, but um, he seems to be a very classical, very popular Italian graphic novel creator. And this apparently came after a 23-year hiatus. So this would be his first work in 23 years, Aqualantic. I have the actual hardcover here. It's only about 50 pages, a little bit less. There's a few things I need to mention. So there's cameos, as he calls it, where he has one panel done by three of his um, artist friends. So Charles Burns, which I think all of us are familiar with, yeah. does a panel in here. Igort or Igor, and then Lorenzo Matotti. Mat- Mat- I'm terrible at any yeah. European name. So they're featured in here as well, but mostly the writing, the art, the lettering, the coloring, everything is uh, Giorgio Carpentieri. So this book is, so it's really strange. If you've seen his work, you should you should definitely look it up. It's very geometric and kind of pastel tone colors. It's very abstract looking. It's it's really like nothing I've seen before. Even his panels take different shapes and um, he's very into kind of playing with the shaping of everybody. He likes, in some pages, it's it's all hard, straight lines. In other pages, it's very soft, wavy lines. And I think that works really well in the underwater theme of the book. So actually getting into it, this book is about our main character, Bo, who is a actor in a, I guess it would be a play, a comedy play in the um, underwater city of Aqualantic uh, in this city. Um, everyone kind of makes fun of surface dwellers while also even thinking that there may not be surface dwellers. It's kind of like a myth where pretty much all of civilization is underwater and they don't really think too much about land dwelling people. So that's kind of a big part of this book. And the main plot is that he is playing a character named, it's a very strange name. Let me make sure I get it right. Etor Patria, who is a surface dweller and basically his whole role is to kind of play the bumbling buffoon surface dweller, reinforcing the ideas that these people have that everyone at the surface is kind of an idiot and they are the superior race of people. They are still all human. Like, they don't have fins or anything. They don't wear rebreathers. I don't exactly know how it works, but it's it's basically just an underwater city with a ridiculously beautiful architecture that, that Carpentary does with that style. I couldn't even begin to to describe to you what it is. You'd have to look up his art, but it is very abstract. And the main themes of this book, I think the artist Bo struggling to keep the character Patria inside and Patria starting to bleed into his into his personality. And he'll even have in a few places in this book lapses in time where Patria is kind of taking control and he'll wake up and he will have done something or said something. And Patria is kind of messing with him. And so... Uh, we begin with Patria doing very inappropriate things to Bo's girlfriend or wife, and so she leaves him. So we begin like page two with him in a very um, emotional state. His his girlfriend has just left him. He's got one show left, and then he can finally be rid of the Etor Patria character, and he wants to be rid of it. But it's bare. It's been very well. It's it's sold well. 
it's brought him a lot of popularity, so he's really fighting with that. And the secondary plot that's also going on is a possible attack or discovery by the surface dwellers. So that's kind of our main two plots here is there might be an imminent attack by these surface dwellers, and then also the more personal side of things that Bo is kind of struggling to to keep a grip on reality while Ettore Patria is, is taking control. So, I mean, it's a very short book. It's not too complex. I'm definitely, I'm probably going to spoil everything in here. I'm, I'm you, just having a look at the artwork and it's kind of very art deco influenced. Oh yeah. It strikes me. It's sort of, it's sort of somewhere like in an odd way, it kind of, because of the art deco influence, kind of just on a superficial level, it kind of sort of reminds me of Batman the Animated Series a little bit. His his figure work does kind of look like that, yeah. Curious kind of like art style, isn't it? It's kind of, I wonder, so yeah, sorry, you, you were saying? Oh, no, I, I definitely agree. And it's very absurd. Like, it's kind of a theme when I read a lot of European graphic novels, like more classic ones like Jodorowsky or now this or Mobius that, both the art and the dialogue and the plot, they all have this kind of not-too-serious tone where there may be some really intense things going on, but they're kind of done playfully, and it's 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 all very witty. One of the craziest things in this kind of a world-building thing that he does is there is our character, and I think I would assume every, every person in Aqualantic has a turtle, a pet turtle, that speaks to them just in plain English, they're kind of their advisors. They help them get through tough times. They kind of just a companion. Um, but there's also this, the Oracle Zoe. It's like a giant turtle. I'm talking, it like, looks like it's like 15 feet around. And it acts kind of as a political figure or a religious figure. And they stick like red hot pins underneath its the parts of its shells. And it kind of like bleeds onto the shell and it creates an image and this image is kind of like prophesied. So when they're worrying about the surface dwellers, they do this. And it creates an image of like men dropping from the surface into Aqualantic. And that's like their main uh, way to predict things and to deal with problems. And I thought that was really cool, if not super weird. And that's the kind of absurdity we're dealing with here. Yeah. And it's all very not, it's all very lackadaisical. Essentially, the the two plots converge in a not so clear way, I th- I think that what was going on is there is a surface dweller in a ship above Aqualantic who's been trying to hunt for this city, you know, for fortune and fame, trying to discover it. Um, and he, I think, was controlling Bo in a sense in the Patria character. Uh, so the, the surface dwelling scientist is above water. I think, <laughs> I, d- I don't know if this is right. It's not made clear. It's only made clear in the images, not not the text. So I think he is controlling Bo. So he has Bo go to a museum and get a artifact from the surface, which is a pistol, and put it together. And so for his next and final act, he's going to draw the pistol and cause havoc in the crowd, which will then be the perfect time for the surface dwellers to descend on the city. But through the powers of this oracle turtle or... <laughs> it's they okay the, so I, I get the kind of impression it's kind of one of those ones that you're gonna have to decipher kind of like the the, the meaning of the plot and what actually happens is a little bit yes unclear. there's a lot okay. of themes here but it's not all very evident 
in the in the in the text. Okay, and how did you how did you come how did you come across? Was this um, not something that I'd I'd heard of before? I was just reading some of the reviews, other reviews of it. Um, on because it's published by Fantagraphics. Is yes. that correct? Good reviews from Publishers Weekly, The Bookbeat, Library Journal, and Solrad as well. Kind of, they, a lot of them mention the satirical nature and definitely it plays with ideas as well around what is what is and isn't real. Yeah, as well. So that sounds really interesting. So how, yeah. how did that? Did, did you think it was successful in those explorations, or or not? What what, what did you think about? I think it, I think it was successful. I think it takes a, a few reads. I think I've read it three times now, but that's I mean it's only fifty pages, so yeah. there's definitely a lot of things to dig into to to, to examine. But it, it's mostly a an inward kind of thing. You need to figure them out for yourself. You're not gonna no matter how many times you go over these 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 uh, dialogue balloons or or anything like that. It's not going to give you the answer. But yeah, for me, I think the heavy themes of um, the questioning of political power, the questioning of performance art and kind of the impact on the on the artist, as well as, yeah, the whole thing is very satirical in the sense that no one is taking almost any of this seriously. They're, they're cracking jokes while they like put these pins into the turtle. I think he even cracks a joke while he's drawing the pistol, which is kind of the climactic moment and so it's, yeah, it's all very absurd. And I, I tend to enjoy that a lot. I don't think I fully understood it. I don't know if you can fully understand okay. it. I think it's a little bit of an individual thing. The art is just breathtaking. That's actually, that is how I found it. I was just going through Fantagraphics uh, catalog and I saw the cover and then I started looking into Carpentry's art and this was the only book I could like feasibly get um, from him. It's been translated. Yeah. And so I just grabbed it and it is a unique, very unique style. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite expensive. I think it says like $20 for a 50 page or 56 page book is, that's quite steep. Yeah. Really. I don't want to ask you the question whether you, you, you think it's, it's worth it or not, but it's, did you think it's kind of like worth it for that? Um, I did. I mean, with Fantagraphics, um, I'm a big like collected editions guy. I like yeah. I like physical media. I'm one of a I'm a relic in that sense. But uh, yeah, it's it's oversized. It's a nice hardcover. I think that's mostly what you're paying for. And also the the production of it's really nice. It has a nice um, afternote or afterward, and you, it kind of explains his thought process and what he was doing. And I found that very helpful. Yeah, I would say it was worth it. It's definitely not for everyone. If you're into like these strange Euro a bit weird graphic novels that you're not probably going to fully understand, but they really make you think that's what, that's what I like. Um, I think it was worth it. In an odd way from your description of it, I thought so done that face in an odd way from the way you're talking about it kind of reminds me a little bit about Donnie Darko kind of when people finished watching that movie and they were kind of layers of trying to understand what, what was real, what wasn't real and kind of, it goes into a lot of discussions about the imagery and things like that. Do you think that's kind of a fair comparison to make? I think so. Yeah. And I actually hadn't made that comparison, but you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Donnie Darko is one of my favorite movies and it is kind of a similar thing where nothing really is going to make sense upon first glance. And as you dig deeper, you may form your own ideas, but just like Donnie Darko, when I discuss it with my friends, you'll walk away with a completely different understanding than someone else may have gathered from it. And so there's a lot of open-ended things there to discuss. And I think 
judging by Carpen, what Carpentieri says about his inspiration, it's a very vague, it's a very vague inspiration. He was mostly inspired by images he saw on a BBC documentary of oh, undersea okay. life. So basically, he was just inspired by some very pretty looking pictures from under the sea. And so that's a very, that's a very open ended thing to write a story about. And so you just in an equal sense, you can draw very open ended themes from it. And I, I, I haven't read any reviews. because I like to read them after I do yeah. the podcast. But I would imagine they all gathered very different things from it. I can imagine. And you said this is this is his first work after a, a break of did you say like 20 years or something I like that? I think I read like 23. I might be wrong in that, yeah. but I think I read it was a 20-ish year hiatus. So that, yes, that, that sounds just right. Like for the price, I think so as a physical object, I, um, is you, you kind of mentioned it's kind of quite a, a beautiful thing to behold. It's kind of like, did you say oversized, kind of like large, yeah. large scale edition? Ed, uh, so is it a beautiful thing to kind of like hold and flick through and that sort of thing? Yeah, the, the art is just staggering. Like... I have probably 400 books on my shelves at this point, and there is pretty much nothing to compare this to. I can't think oh, of anything to compare the art to. That's really, that's a big statement. Uh, yeah, that's I mean, a it's, big it's yeah. so strange. It's even the coloring is like, I, I like to look at art and think like, was this done with a pencil? Like, what was the pro? I'm not an artist, but I like to yeah. guess, you know, I have literally no idea how, how this is done. I don't know if he's painting or using, he could be using colored pencils. I, I have no idea how he did any of this. Okay, that, that that's fantastic. So I think that sounds like a recommendation from you uh, for that one. Yeah? Definitely. I would recommend it to anyone who likes a little kind of weird, whimsical, funny, strange kind of Euro thing like this. Yeah. And I think I'll put, we'll, we'll pop a, a a link from our, our bookstore to that. So uh, Definitely. if you do decide to buy it, we, we you'll, you'll be able to kick us some money for it. So um, should we, are you, are you finished? Is there anything else you want to mention? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it? I think I'm good. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, look okay. up, uh, look up Carpentieri's art and you'll know what I mean. Basically. Okay. My pick for, for, for this episode is woman world. It's a graphic novel that I came across while I was visiting the library. So I'm quite fortunate in London. We've got libraries that have got quite, good collection well some libraries have got quite good collections of graphic novels um i'll read you so it's it's woman world it's by aminda dalawal and i'll read you the the blurb it's published by drawn and quarterly it was published in 2018 and uh, when a when a birth defect wipes out the planet's entire me- uh, population of men woman world rises out of the ashes and uh, it's it's basically it follows the the, the process of a group of women rebuilding uh, society and they've they've kind of rallied together under the flag of Beyonce's Fies, um, which kind of gives you a, a rough idea of the, the humor of the of the book and it's a very funny look at how how if something like this would happen what would be kind of like how would women reconstruct the world so it's kind of the concept or the premise of why the last man but played for jokes if that makes sense i'll read a little bit about the the, the uh creators also aminda is a native of from brampton ontario she received a bachelor's of uh animation degree from Sheridan college she lives in los angeles los angeles where she's written for 
Disney TV, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, and she was named one of the top 10 animators to watch in 2020 by Variety. This, I I really enjoyed this. It's available. So if you can't get hold of the physical copy, it's available on Webtoons for free as well. Oh, so wow. If, yeah, so uh, if, if, you, if you go to Webtoons uh, and kind of like type in Women's World, you, you should be able to find it find it there i do think i do believe there's extra material in the in in the graphic novels i think there's a few a uh, few extra pages in there and we've got a, a really interesting kind of like cast of characters that the kind of but basically it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic society there's a you know a, a group you know this group of women are trying to figure out a way of rebuild society and make sure humanity survives so we've got Ulana who's he kind of remembers society when men were still around we've got Gaia who's the leader of this particular village of women and she walks around naked all the time we've got the doctor who's just called doctor there's my favorite character probably is Amika she's this young young girl that has no memories of what men were like so she finds like a dvd of paul blart mall cop and <laughs> and um ulana kind of lies to her and said yes yeah all all men were kind of like like this person and so amiko's got these strange ideas of like oh all men were like paul blart mall cop so it kind of gives you an idea of kind of what the the humor in the book is is like and it's mostly the the art is it is very webtoons, if you know what I mean. So it's kind of it's mostly black and white with some with with some grayscale. There is uh, coloured inserts in the book that kind of separates the the chapters out, um, but it is mostly in black and white. It's got very clean, clear lines. You can kind of tell she's got a, a background uh, in animation in terms of like the way she gets the characters to do like to act to actually act is really expressive and. Um, emotive it's what it's kind of it's a strange book in a lot of ways because it's a webtoon even though there's an overarching narrative a lot of the sections are kind of framed to be read in like a webtoon format where it's kind of you know, each page is, well each two or three pages is its own self-contained contained chapter a gag at the end of it and it, there's a lot of um funny dialogue within the book there's one particular section where one of the girls has got a crush on another girl and she's spying on this girl and their girlfriend and she's kind of imagining what the dialogue that's going on between them and she's kind of imagining that they're kind of the breaking up but then you know the, mm. the two girls that she's spying on actually end up kissing and that she still is kind of like you know saying words out loud to the effect of oh, you know i never want to see you again <laughs> sort of thing. So it's kind of like it's it's very droll it's very uh funny it's got a real uh it's, it's got a lot of humor in there I, I would say there's a lot of meme worthy strips in here as well uh so it's it's just kind of the thing that you'd share on like twitter kind of these one or two pages just to to get um you know to get your your, your friends to laugh at, at it as well but there is kind of quite a lot of poignant bits in there as well because they're one of the overarching themes in the book is okay without men how do you how do we propagate um human life and they talk quite a lot about women's duty to be uh, a mother um how 
you know, the process of trying to kind of reproduce kind of like asexually, what, you know, what that means for kind of like individual rights and the family unit and all that sort of thing. There's one character that decides to, she's ready to be a mother, but when she's told what the process for it's going to be, she's got like, oh, that I can't be bothered. It sounds like a lot of hard, <laughs> a lot of hard work. So she just decides to um, uh, stay in, stay in the village. So it's, I, I really enjoyed it. It's even though it's about 300 odd pages, I think part of that is a byproduct of the fact that it's a, an adaptation from a webtoon comic. So I think like with webtoons, you can kind of scroll through from one page to the other and kind of, it'll be interesting to see, it'll be interesting to hear from people that have read both to see if there's, if, how different the experience between those two kind of versions of this story Oh, so I, I I really enjoyed it quite a lot. It's got a great cast of characters, fantastically witty dialogue, humours. You know, it's got silly humour. It's got deep humour. It's got puns. It's got slapstick. One of my favourite gags in it is kind of they go to the city to kind of explore and uh, see how your house society's collapsed. And they come across an old blockbuster that's completely decrepit <laughs> and kind of, I think, I can't remember the year that the, the story set. And I think it's like uh, 2063, they go, the blockbuster in 2020, uh, 2063, and then the blockbuster in 2004. And it's just exactly the same panel. So <laughs> it's kind of like, lots of kind of like jokes about, oh, you're looking back and trying to see how society was back then. And kind of, it's not always an accurate assumption that you have about things that were happening back then so it's kind of a lot of um themes around that area as well i am so, okay i'm i'm interested in this because i have a few questions so yeah. you're adapting a webtoon so then is there a pretty small amount of panels per page i would imagine uh yeah okay so yes um uh, there is there's not kind of you don't get yeah yeah you know, that's actually pretty accurate I'm, I'm just flicking through the book now and kind of it's maximum maybe eight panels per per page okay so usually it's between three and five panels per page okay. and kind of there's a few singles page spread so you don't you know sometimes in, in graphic novels you get that double page spread there's not a lot of those in here at all um because i think you know with the of the webtoons you've got that vertical scrolling thing going on so you don't don't really use that if you've got vertical scrolling to have that double that double page spread interesting this this style looks honestly the last few books we talked about last time as well um i think you were talking about some comedy books like the the one about the two men golfing yes this reminds me that this is like the best way to do comedy in comics is like pure cartooning very yeah. simple lines there's not too much to distract you from from the joke and it looks, yeah, it looks very. I love the color when she does do color. I don't know how often it is, but the color looks awesome on the cover and like these inserts I'm seeing. Just looking it up, yeah, um, it almost makes me wish that it was colored. But I, I get why. Oh, obviously. I, I, I prefer it uncolored. I think it just, it just makes it things. That, I mean, there's, there is, I won't, I won't ruin the gag, but there is one gag that re requires the the panel to be be colored and that gag wouldn't have as much effect if the rest of the comic book was colored in so just for the sake of that one gag i'm glad <laughs> that it's not it's not been um it's not been fully colored uh, in a strange way kind of the, the art sort of reminds me of um peanuts and um the old like the old old charlie brown um comics as well especially kind of the, the shape of some of the 
characters' heads are kind of very um, circular or very geometric in shape. Yeah, this style looks great. I need to. I've been looking at it on Webtoon now. I might just read the, the whole thing in, on Webtoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you got the physical copy, right? So it's a paperback yeah. then? Yes, it's a paperback. And um, I got I got it from the library. It's, 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 yeah, it's a nice enough book to kind of read through. Fortunately, the copy that I've got, because it's a library copy, some of the pages have um have fallen out so i'm gonna to have to you know uh wrap some um rubber bands around it before i return it to, to the library and hope they can hope they can fix it but yeah it's it's it, it fits nicely on the on 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 the shelf it's not um oversized or anything like that i would say that there is some uh female nudity in in the comic it's mm-hmm. not sexualized in any way but there is kind of like boobs and butts and stuff like that yeah especially because one of the main character's guy does walk around naked all the time um yeah well. it looks pretty pretty safe for work though and yeah. it's just done in a very um what's the word innocent way yeah yeah it's not um yeah it's not like overly sexualized or or anything like that that looks good the paul blart thing really kills me i read <laughs> that's like i think the first page on webtoon and i just glanced yeah. at it yeah, yeah that, that's it's actually perfect for. I haven't read a lot of drawn and quarterly books, but um, they usually do like a kind of slice of life thing, and this seems yeah. like it's a, it's, it's yes. pretty perfect for them. I think that's a, a pretty much a, a really good um, description of it. It is a, a post-apocalyptic slice of life about um, a post-male society. So yes, I, I'd say that's that's a, that's a really apt because a lot of a lot of the, the strips are about kind of like. Or how did they do kind of like everyday tasks and it's a lot about the the the, the personal relationship that the characters have or, um with each other this kind of like romantic subplots um plots about you know like listlessness as well kind of like, you know some of the characters don't see the point in kind of like doing anything in this mm-hmm. kind of like um uh, ap- apocalyptic Actually, we shouldn't use the word apocalyptic we should use um post societal collapse because after the apocalypse there is nothing so um, yeah it implies <laughs> zombies or something it's it sounds more intense than it is yeah yeah exactly so yes yeah, so i i really enjoyed it um yeah but by by, by the by the book if you want or kind of read it read it for free on uh webtoons as well that sounds great man that's i think too strong recommendation maybe yours is a bit stronger because mine's just a little confusing but yeah two recommendations there definitely yeah Cool. So I think um, that's all I really want to say about that one. Um, I will. Be, I'll, I'll see if I can get hold of of Aqualantic in in the UK. When I was looking online, it was just it was way too expensive for me yeah. to kind of like justify buying like a sixty page sixty page book for kind of that price. So I'll see if I can find find it for cheaper um, uh, somewhere somewhere else. Um, I'm not too sure what book we're going to be doing next, but um, we'll, we'll have a look and we'll, we'll let you guys know on um, uh, social media. Uh, guys, if you can please support the podcast by leaving a rating review of wherever, you view, wherever you're listening to this too. And um, if you like, if you can leave a tip through the tip jar in the link of the episode uh, description and kind of follow us on, on social media uh, as well. All right. Yeah, Fahed is very, very active on our on our Instagram. So he's pretty much in charge of that. And he does a great job. So there's always yeah. something interesting to look at on there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. And uh, we're going to be probably taking a break over 
Christmas at some point. So we'll 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 let you know. We might post some kind of like old episodes uh, in the feed or kind of like the maybe like highlights of um, previous episodes. But we'll, we'll we'll try and keep you entertained um, over the Christmas holidays as well. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks okay. for that. It's been fun. Okay. Cool. And we'll we'll see you in a week. See you guys. Bye.